With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome into the A-List Podcast. We come bearing terrible news at this point in the series. This is not going to be a fun episode, I don't think. Gary Washburn, Ashrod Blakely, I'm Kwani Luneth. Thank you for checking in with us. Let's just get a temperature temperature check on the two of you. What are you feeling right now about this team? <laughs> I'm feeling like uh, this just doesn't seem real. Um, it just it doesn't feel as though what I've seen happen. It feels like this is like one of the bad dreams that at some point mm-hmm. you're gonna wake up and be like, oh damn. They in the finals already? Damn, I had this weird dream that they had struggled against Philly. No, nah, it's real. Uh, the Celtics are in a spot that, again, in, in many respects, they're where they like to be. They're the, they're now the underdog. They, they have to do something that they are not expected to do in order to be successful. And in the past, they've been – some of their best basketball has been played in scenarios like this. But this just, this doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel right. It feels a little bit uneasy. Uh, going into a must-win game against a team that has outplayed you up to this point. Gary? Yeah, I just think about the repercussions if this doesn't work out. I don't think we're going to see the same roster. I think the organization's got to figure out what to do to upgrade or to make things better because if there was ever a year to win the championship, it was cleared for this year, right? So it's doubly disappointing. And I'll, you know... I know Giannis didn't want to call it a failure with Milwaukee, but if they lose in this series and they don't even make it to the conference finals and they had championship or bust aspirations, it's a failure of a season. So what happens now? Who goes, who stays, who gets extended? All the drama when you fall short of your goal and well short of your goal. It's not like they, they would have lost in the conference finals, but like they lost in the finals, they lost in the conference semis. So you hope that they have a sense of urgency. Some players had it last night. Some players seem to be okay. like, eh, well, you know, we, we got another one. Like, I don't like the vibe of this team at this point. I don't like the chemistry. Something is going on. I don't know what it is, but something is not quite right in the locker room. And, you know, I don't know if it's centered around Joe, his lack of experience, but it – Something ain't right. Like I don't, you know, I understand what Shirai said, like a dream, but this is like worst case scenario. I guess the worst case would have come in losing the first round, but this is a lead. You're this close to a three-one lead, and now, you know, you turn in a clunker like that. 
and you don't even play hard. Like, come on, they ain't play hard. They were they were frustrated. Shots didn't go down. They got outworked from this jump when Philly got all the offensive rebounds. So it can't just be technique. Like it ain't in here. So, but their intentions were good, Gary. Yeah, they intended to play hard. Right. You know, Missoula's guys, to me, in my opinion, like the whole cool hand Luke. It's it's hey, it's cool, baby. It's cool. I got this. Like it's just getting. (laughs) Oh, it's, I'm not saying he's supposed to panic. I know what you mean, yeah. Show some emotion, you know? Like, it's it's like it was like my, my favorite episode of Cosby Show, the first one, when Bill Cosby talking to Theo, and, one, hey, Dad, no problem. You ain't got no food. No problem. <laughs> hey, Joe, you're down 3-2 going around. No problem. Hey, <laughs> just got to play better next. Like, when does the sense of urgency come? Like, he didn't seem, I mean, obviously he's disappointed. He just didn't seem upset. Like, we had, like, I just don't get it. Marcus, the only one that seemed upset. Jalen was down. You know, Al said, no, no, they didn't want it more than we did. Like, they didn't? They came in there saying, listen, everybody knows you push the Celtics to the the limit, they might crack. That's that's what people are saying. That's what people are thinking, Mm -hmm. Right. This is not a mentally really rugged, strong team. Now, we'll yeah. see how mentally tough they are Thursday night in Philly. Will they crack? Will they just get blown out? Will it be a big party with AI, Meek Mill, Dr. J, um, you know, Andrew Tony, you know, Andre, Andre Iguodala, like all the former Sixers, Kevin Turner? Like, is, is it just going to be a big-ass jam? Will you they know? finally be able to drop the confetti for an, a exactly. win? Exactly. <laughs> or is the Celtics going to fight and show their heart? We will see because they have put themselves in. And they did it last year. Mm-hmm. No one thought they was going to win at Milwaukee in game mm-hmm. six. And they did. And Jason went for 46. But damn, this just feels different. Yeah. And to Sherrod's point, leave it to the number two team, the second seed in the Eastern Conference to suddenly just flip the narrative of being an underdog. like. There's no reason why they should be performing the, the, the way they have. And I'm curious from both of your perspective, obviously no loss is a good one, but game four, they, you know, they lose game five, they trail now, they're facing elimination. Which loss do you think was worse and why between the last two games that they played? Oh, I, I don't think, I don't think there's really much doubt game five because yeah. you're at home. That's and right, yeah. even, even with the, even with the mistakes that you made, throughout the series, you still had a chance to firmly control this series mm-hmm. by simply doing what you work most of the season to do, which is to get a home court advantage in as many playoff rounds as possible. And for you to not only did you lose the game, you didn't compete for 48 minutes. You didn't even compete. I would say you competed for maybe 15, maybe 20 minutes in that game. And that's and that's really being very generous. Uh, and that, that just shouldn't happen to a, ch- a team that has championship aspirations in a must-win type of game at home. Because now you put yourself where there's zero room for error. If you if you win game four or five, you still got a little bit of a cushion. You still got an opportunity to have a clunker of a game and still not be completely destroyed. But now you've got to play your your Listen, you have to play exceptionally well in game six. And the one thing I will say about this series now, and I, and I, I think this is one of the things that might benefit the Celtics going forward. 
Game six will be the first time Philly will have played a game in this series with some type of pressure. Every game they played up to this point has just been, there's been no pressure. Game one without a beat, no pressure. Game two, if you lose that, no big deal. You still stole one. Game three, okay, Celtics won that. Still, you're still in good shape. Game four, you win that one. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, if we can still game five, then we're in great shape. And now all of a sudden you've got pressure to win. Now all of a sudden you're the team that odds makers are picking to not only win this series, but potentially win an NBA championship. How are the Sixers going to handle this dynamic of pressure that they've never felt in this series? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think game four was worse because you were that close to 3-1 and then the mistakes made, the Jalen leaving Harden alone, the lack of execution, the no timeout, the walking the ball off the floor. Here, Jason, here is the ball. Thank you, you I appreciate that. Hey, Eric, <laughs> do you want to set a screen for me? Please come and set a screen. Okay, now I am going to dribble the ball to the basket and try to create a shot. Like, what, like, what? Game. <laughs> like what is going on here? Like, that's just bad mistakes. He's a, it's a veteran club. Mm-hmm. You can't blame youth, inexperience, nothing. And they didn't get a shot off. Like, get to the line. Like, that to me was the egregiousness. Leave it hard and alone. Bad, 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 bad. The dude had already hit five threes. And B didn't, barely didn't want the ball. He was so tired. If he scores a little jump shot on two, game tied, you're going to a double overtime. Philly's tired. You can still pull that out. Instead, you let them take the lead. Then you don't even get a shot off. So I think, I don't know if they were do a clunker. You know, it's the worst game they played the playoffs. They played mostly well offensively, defensively. They've obviously been shaky. I felt like they put their head down after they missed a lot of shots. Al was 0 for 7. Jason started out 1 for 8 or 1. Like, you know, like I think him, what I have, like him, at one point in the game, White, Tatum, and Horford were like, oh, one for 14 from three because they're not getting anything from Derek White. I don't know what happened to Derek White. This is the Derek White from last year. Like, I don't know what happened to Derek White. He had a, I think his confidence got shot. He had a wide open three, uh, the left elbow in the first quarter, first, second, missed it. Then they cut it to 49 44. Then all of a sudden they were down nine and a half. Like they were, they were charging. And then someone pointed out to me, I talked to some people today, someone pointed out, I was like, you know what, whenever, like Doc is managing the game like a master, he is out coaching Joe Missoula. He's coaching circles around him. And one of those ways is he doesn't let the Celtics get no momentum, no right. momentum, momentum, I know what I'm saying. Momentum. They scored five in a row this time. Like yes, <laughs> they scored two baskets in a row and he called it a timeout. Oh, I don't like what I think. I think the the Sixers are still up nine or eleven. It went from fifteen to eleven or a thirteen to nine, and they're nope. Y'all ain't y'all ain't getting that. Y'all ain't making no runs on us. We stopping this. We gonna run a set play out the timeout. Slow the game back down. Give it to the big guy or give it to Jay James Harden or Tyrese Maxey, who the Celtics haven't still haven't figured out the how to guard. And we're getting we're countering this. And that's exactly what happened. You see how Doc managed that game five. It was a masterful way. He, he shortened the game. He slowed the game down. He, none of that. Nope. Y'all ain't right. He saw game two. Game two, the Celtics went, got wild and went wild for all them threes and won by 34. 
He's like, nah, you ain't making no runs on us. We're going to control the tempo of this game. You know, and I'm not ripping Joe for the lack of timeouts. We're not using his timeouts, I'm sorry. But he's got to take something from being schooled like he is so far. Because Philly, everybody knows Philly's not as talented. Philly is limited or whatever. But they're, they lead in the series. And I think coaching and the fact that Tatum has been slow, started really slow in mm-hmm. three to four games in this series now. Nothing from Derek White. Al Horford's been up and down. And we can talk. Robert Williams, like, what happened? Remember, it was the healthy Robert Williams. And then the playoffs, he's going to – like, we just haven't seen that. He's he's lost out there at times. He's trying, but he's had no impact on this series. Yeah. He's been bad. Real bad. Big one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That being said, let's talk about Jason Tatum in a little bit more depth. What what role does he play in these team struggles? And what is like just what is going on? How would you diagnose what the issue is? I'm asking you to answer the impossible, really. But what's going on? I'm curious, Gary. Which we should take on, on JT. Seriously. I think he's what he's trying to do is what he does. He tries to get himself going from three. Okay. But they're leaving him open at times and he's missing them. He's just straight missing them. Like, and you're waiting for that, like JT to hit to, to that 20 point first quarter or him to hit, like he's getting discouraged. That's what's happening. I don't know. You know, is it injury? Is it just he needs to work on his form? I think he needs to go back to the lab this summer because he has not had a good three-point shooting season. He just hasn't. And he's a 37 to 38%. He could, he could, you know, he shoot, he shot 43% as a rookie. But he's a when he's right, he can is a 40% three-point shooter. And he's at 33, 34, and, and 30% in this series. Like he's not getting it done early. Okay. No points from him. So that puts more pressure on Jalen. And then of course, you know, Marcus is going to try to fill that offensive role. He's gonna shoot. That's yeah. one thing he wants. Marcus ain't no problem with that. <laughs> so to me, Tatum's slow starts affects the offense. And Tatum's either got to get to the back, get to the free throw line to get himself going, or some of those threes got to go down. And I also thought, too, with Al missing all seven threes, like, Embiid didn't have no work to do on defense. Right. And be yeah. like, okay, I'll just stay right, right. here. Say less. You know, because, I mean, so Jay, it all starts with Jason, though. Jason's got to – I just think he really tries to get himself going from three, try to get, try to get that confidence. I understand, but they got to go down. And they're leaving you open. It's not like he's taking really, really contested threes a lot. Like there's, there was four or five last night that were literally open, plank, you know. And now I think we finished with three for eleven. Like no, that's unacceptable. He's got to hit six for eleven, five for eleven. If you leave a good three point shooter open, he should hit it almost half the damn time, you know. And and more, more than more than not, more than that because you're leaving him open. 
if you contest him, he should hit it occasionally too. So it's not been a good series for Jason. Yeah, I know he had 36 points last night, 34 in the last three quarters and all that stuff. But him having two points at halftime in game four, two points at first quarter, like he's supposed to be the all-NBA first team guy. He's going to get all-NBA first team tonight, okay? Take, it's takeover mode for Jason Tatum, you know, because people he, he, he's on every other commercial. He's, he, he's acting like a superstar. Mm-hmm. You got to play like a superstar when it counts. Okay, this was supposed to be his year after the finals last year. So I think Celtic fans need to see a, a dominant Tatum in game six. Right. Well, Stop talking. because uh, Sorry, Sherrod. A little thing before you say that. I saw, I think it was earlier in the series, someone had screenshotted him watching Kobe. And I think I may have mentioned it before, but he was watching a video with Kobe in it. And I'm like, yes, that's your, your was your mentor, your idol, a hero, but you don't post or talk about anything until the the unfinished business business is finished because now you're making and I'm not, I mean it could be conflicting because obviously you need that motivation when you're in the playoffs but like it kind of looks dumb when you're posting all this stuff about Kobe and you're not living up to that standard that Mamba mentality like you're not doing what you say you want to do and until you are I, Kobe would never post any like if Kobe had social media. And during his day, I don't think that man would even be on it, to be honest. And and that's not to say players shouldn't be online at this point, but just be selective of what you're putting out there. Because now you got people thinking, oh, he's tapped in, he's locked in, but they're not seeing it on the floor. And that's, yeah. I think, part of the frustration with fans as well. Sure, I yeah. can say something. <laughs> I mean, no, well, to just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, I mean, not only uh, are fans not seeing, his teammates aren't seeing it. It goes back to Gary's point about how Tatum is your best player. He should be leading the charge. When you look at the teams that are controlling their series, their best player is leading that charge. Jimmy Butler is leading Miami. LeBron James, you know, Jokic, the best players on the best teams are the ones that are front and center getting it done. And Tatum, bless his heart, he ain't getting it done. His numbers for the average NBA player in the postseason will be great. I mean, like in this series, he's getting you 26 and 11 and five dimes. That's good. But when you are a top five, top 10 talent, that's average. Maybe slightly below average, particularly when you look at the way you start games. You watching Tatum play and looking at his number at the end of the night, you feel like you had like a diet meal that it's it's it may have been tasty, but you didn't feel you're not full. You don't feel you don't feel as though you gained something significant from what you just consumed. Yeah. And that's what it feels like with Tatum. I mean, his and, and I'm I'm really bothered when you start looking at the numbers in the series and you realize he's getting you one bucket more per game than Jalen Brown, and yet he's taking five more shots per game than Jalen Brown. And we've seen time and time and time again where there's this clear and undeniable gap between the attempt that he's getting and the attempts at Jalen. And Jalen is shooting damn near 57% from the field guards who attack the rim the way Jalen does, they usually don't have that higher percentage of shooting the ball. And yeah. the other thing, speaking of attacking the rim, that's the one thing that first me maybe more than anything about Tatum. I like the idea that he's thinking about driving kick, but how about driving flow? Because they're playing you for the driving kick over and over again. So by the time you kick it, that man you kick it to is, is defended. But there's that space between where Embiid is taking up space and where you are able to beat your man off the dribble, shoot the damn floater. You're six foot ten. 
You can make that shot, especially when you got someone like De'Anthony Melton guarding you. I mean, they're, they're just, I'm watching them play, and, and I know you don't got to be a damn John Wooden to see things they can do to be better. From a coaching perspective, from a player perspective, the bottom line is they are not recognizing opportunities that they have to make their lives easier, put some pressure on Philly, and win a game. And it's, it's maddening watching them play these last couple games. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So that being said, what do you two think? And I know Gary has to leave shortly, so we're going to wrap up with final thoughts. But what do you guys think is the key to just locking down for this, again, elimination game for the Celtics? Who do you think needs to step up the most? Is it Missoula? Is it obviously we've talked about Tatum? Brown has performed well also, but there's also the problem of him not taking enough shots. And he's even been accountable enough to admit that he's not being the dog that Gary always talks about that this team needs right now. So from your perspective, what do you think the game, the, the key is? What you got, Gary? For game six. The key is Missoula making some schemes. Like you can't let, you can't let, you can't play this drop coverage in beat against Embiid and let him take pop a shot. 15 footers. That's what he do. That's what he do. Craig's father, Craig's father was a dog catcher. He caught dogs. That's what he did. Okay. Some people just do what they do. He get a dog. He take a dog. Embiid shoots jumpers like eating a, a sandwich lunch, drinking water. It's easy. Yeah, hungry. You don't let him take a free free throw damn shot from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. But two, it's easy for him. One, he doesn't want to attack the rim. He's not 100% healthy. Two, you, you, you got to provide some type of resistance. The pick and roll was there all night. Harden dribbles. Harden is a great passer. I know we give Harden a hard time for the partying and for disappearing and for mm-hmm. someone who he's a strange dude. We all know this. Okay. But the, but the dude can ball. He's a, he's a hall of famer yeah. and he's a hall of fame passer. He, so he drives do, 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 pocket pass. Oh, there's Embiid. Horford or Williams standing at the freaking um, restricted line. And there's, Oh, you're going to let me take this boom. Like, Stop, change the defense against Embiid. Make it tougher on him. Make him work defensively. And that means Al needs to hit shots. So scheme schematically, they need to be better. Jadam, Tatum needs to get off to a faster start. Jalen needs to be active in the second half. Marcus, no crazy stuff. Derek White, please hit some shots. Al, please hit some shots. You said the other day you was an elite shooter. 
You gave my man Duke Castiglione a hard time. Twitter went after him because you said you were elite. Then he hit that big shot. And, and it was like, see, I told you I'm elite. And you go 0 for 7, no points in 25 minutes. So dudes need to step up. But Missoula's got to come up with some type of adjustments. You can't run the same defense out there. They're feasting. Don't go under the screen with Tyrese Maxey. How about that? Don't let him shoot open threes. He was six for 12. He can shoot that shot. If you got to, if you got to let TJ, uh, PJ Tucker hit five threes. Okay. If you, if, if some other dude, off, if you, I mean, I don't think Tobias Harris is very reliable, but if he beats you, okay. If you let Harden, Embiid, and uh, Maxi go off, that's a problem. Maxi had 30 points. That was the key to the game to me. And Harden had 17. Maxi had 30. And then it's, I mean, so to be adjust, it's up to Joe. Bring it. Joe, quit being Joe Cool, Cool Hand Luke, and bring some adjustments to the game. Everybody needs to be better. Everybody. That's what, that's how you win game six and play with some damn heart. Quit playing like you know you're talented. We should, we should win. We had every intention to play hard. No. Hell, the hell with intentions. You know, Sherrod, I intended to pay you back that five hundred dollars I borrowed from you. I really intended to. <laughs> in- intentions don't fill your bank account. Look at your bank account, Sherrod, and see if intentions is there. Mm. Check your check your balance. Because <laughs> I intended to do that. My intention. No pay you back. I was here. You'll see it now. You'll see it yet. Okay, I'm intending to do it. You can count on. Like, what are we doing here? You intended to play hard. Nope. Intended, we had all the great right intentions. No, get it done. No more excuses. No more, nothing to see here. You, there is. I hate to sound like Rocky. There is no tomorrow. Then I sound like Apollo Creed telling Rocky, "There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow." That's all I got. All right. Well, listen. B- bottom line is they got to play better, and I think it all starts with Joe and Tatum. They are the heads of the snake. They are your leaders, and when they come up short, the team is going to come up short. We've seen that happen. Their backs are against the wall. We'll see what they do in game six. Because this is, as Gary pointed out earlier, there's going to be significant changes if this thing ends in game six. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Because this group has been together long enough to where this type of lethargic effort is not going to be tolerated. And Brad Stevens, he's, made it, he's been pretty clear that he's not afraid to shake things up. I mean, so... Celtics brace yourself because this summer could be a lot more tumultuous than than we think if this thing ends in game six. And that being said, who knows what we'll be talking about next week, whether it'll be moving on or what they need to adjust. I Obviously, there's still adjustments that need to be made right now in this season, but we'll see. We shall see. Stay tuned. That's a cliffhanger. That <laughs> Make sure you check in with us next week on the A-List podcast. Gary Washburn, Ashar Blakey, they're holding it down in Philly. I'm here. I might go to one of the watch parties, the Green Runs Deep watch party in Boston. So you might catch me there. But until next week, we'll see you then. Thank you for watching the A-List podcast.